When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn, a Smooth Soul Monday. Uh, and the intention of Smooth Soul Monday is to soothe the tortured uh, soul of sports fans out there whose team's probably dealing with an L over the weekend. That's definitely the case for Longhorn fans, definitely the case for Aggies out there, for Cowboys fans, also for Texans fans. But I was um, enlightened uh, for by a text on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. The Texans winning is, uh, sorry, winning is actually a bad thing for the Texans. So them losing actually ends up being a win because they're trying to tank. So <laughs> Texans fans, I guess you actually are the only team that uh, is celebrating uh, these days. All right, we'll get to some more uh, NFL news notes and nuggets, but let's talk about Texas TCU, gentlemen, um, because uh, it is, man, it's a lot to unpack, uh, a lot of layers to this onion, uh, but there are some, a lot of good, a lot of that good was on the defensive side of the ball, so we'll start giving a little praise to the defense, of course, uh, but there's a, a lot of discussion uh, that has to be had about the offense and their struggles, and for Steve Sarkeesian and the no-show on uh, offense, Woo. and we'll get into uh, some Steve Sarkeesian sound from his Monday uh, press conference, but Harge, you were right, you said we should start out uh, talking about the defense because they deserve uh, their credit, there's no question about it was one if not the I think it's probably the considering the opponent the best defensive performance we've seen uh, from a Sark coach uh, team by and I'll give PK a ton of credit I'll give Gary Patterson some credit as well I'm sure the scouting report was detailed I said even before the game I bet there were players going to GP saying hey man I got to go up against these three guys uh, during the TCU game tell me everything about them Right. Everything you know. Right. Let's just sit, just sit down and chop it up about him. Like, what kind of players are they? I want to know what kind of music he likes. I want to know, you know, does he quit on plays? Right. I want to know, does is he one of those guys like, you know, is he is he a guy that, you know, uh, is an athlete playing a certain position or is he just a great football player with great football instincts? And I think Texas did get a really detailed scouting report. It showed up early on. Uh, and they ended up with 14 tackles for loss total uh, as a defense, five sacks. And, hell, man, a lot of that was that damn was done early on. They had 18. Um, I mean, you'll look at it. They had eight tackles for loss on the first 18 plays. So yeah. For, for yeah. TCU. I mean, it was, they were it getting was, after it, man. Were, from start to finish, yeah. they were in their grill. And I know everybody was like, whoa, man, they gave that big play. 37 minutes they were on, on, the, on the field, yeah. the defense were. So you have, you're going to have a bust in coverage. I know it's not something that you would normally think of. It just so happened there was a young player on the field mm-hmm. on that play. It, it, it happens. But that defense kept Texas in the ball game. And if you would have told me that the Texas team, the Texas defense held TCU, which was number three, tied for number three as the most uh, uh, offensive team in the country, mm-hmm. scoring points, I would have said, 
oh, Texas won that game by a lot. Naturally, I, yeah. I would have thought that. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You thought you throw out those numbers, and uh, you know, and obviously, aside from the, the offense, you wouldn't have given them that. But the defense, you told me they held them to 17 points and they scored seven themselves. And they scored seven <laughs> themselves? Oh, I yeah. said Texas would have won and covered. Yeah, they would have they would have had like, a good time on yeah, Sixth Street. I'd be saying oh, not, <laughs> no. not only did Texas win, but they covered. That was not the case uh, because even though the D had that big D energy, if you will, uh, they can't win it by themselves. And uh, one phase of the game didn't do their part. Now, special teams actually, and obviously defense deserves more of a discussion because Jade Barron probably was the player of the game. Eleven tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, and one fumble recovery for a touchdown. And his instincts. Uh, are just they're they're unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got great instincts. The game moves fast when you're inside, closer to the line of scrimmage as a yeah. slot cornerback, and he has no problem dealing with the speed of the game. And you can tell the way he just suffocated those wide receiver screens um, and that uh, out that quick passing game. Yeah. I mean, he was on those guys quick. I think he, there were eight receptions overall that he defended and only allowed one yard. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> yeah, it was. You catch it, you going down. Yeah. If you if, or oh. you're gonna be yeah. tackled in the backfield. Yeah, because he had a lot of tackles for loss. Oh my goodness. So I'm talking about like somebody like, oh, he, he allowed that slant in. He did. But he actually had so many tackles for loss. He yeah. had three tackles for yeah, loss. Even out. So yeah, you go yeah. back and look at the total yards that he allowed actually end up allowing like one yard because he had so many tackles for loss and forced so many negative plays. But he was unbelievable. Baron Sorrell was a man who looked like Oh my he, goodness. Yeah, he wanted to make he wanted to make some money. Yeah. He was trying to make himself some money. He wanted to jump on some NFL scouting, uh some NFL scouting. Scouts uh, page and notebook. He did that. Eleven tackles for him. One and a half sacks. Three three tackles for loss for him as well. And one PBU. Mm-hmm. He played like a man possessed. Right. And Overshawn. Yes. Good game too. Flying all over the place. He did. But I finally mm-hmm. got that tackle that I was needing against Bryce Young with Ryan Watts. Oh, that was a beautiful. play. That was a great yeah. play. I thought he was right. going to cause a fumble. I was hoping he would cause a fumble That'd because it'd been sweet. Oh my sweet, god, that sweet redemption, man. That'd have been exactly. sweet redemption if he caused the fumble then and take. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, that was another brilliant call. Perfect timing. Good. Good. It was. It was good sequence, and he made sure he broke down to the point that he was not letting him duck up underneath him. He was going straight through him, and great he point. stayed low enough. Great point. I was like, what a great call Yeah, right there. and they did that. They blitzed the corners from that side. And they've done this all season long, actually, yep. blitzing that boundary corner. You just brought up the Alabama game as an example. Um, so it's, I don't know if it's – I think it's a check based on the the offensive – uh, set and the alignment and then whatever the the call is. So I think it's ba- it's based on really what the offense does. But that that was something that also helped them secure the edge. Texas forced everything back inside to their strength, which was their D tackles. Um, yep. And that was really that, that's why they attacked the, the the perimeter on the wide receiver screens. Uh, they played everything mostly honest, but they were just they blitzed a lot more. They blitzed around thirty thirty two percent of the time. It's probably the Fourth highest blitz rate, I believe, for Texas. Yes, it was their fourth highest blitz rate all year long. Now, Iowa State actually had the highest blitz rate of the year versus Iowa State, and mm-hmm. Iowa State torched them. Actually. Yeah, but I digress. No, <laughs> yeah, so, um, but still, uh, they they were aggressive. They yep. were up to dictate the tempo, and if it's not for those two plays, we all remember them, the busted coverage uh, with the young Terrence Brooks. Shout out to him. I thought he had a great game oh, for yeah. a freshman throwing that situation with no Deshaun Jameson. Because remember at the beginning of the year, he didn't look good. He, he, looked, he was like, oh, my goodness, I wasn't expected to play in this game. Yeah. And now he's like, put me in there. Yeah, I'm with you. Put me in there. And, uh, that, and like I said, that, that coverage bust, I mean, you want to break it down really quickly because I – 
like I said, the defense is great, and we're not nitpicking. Defense did their damn job. This is yeah. not about them. Well, and let's not forget the busted coverage came after they got a stop, and yes. there was a punt, and then there was a running, there was a roughing the kicker. Yep. So that busted, yeah. the second busted coverage should not have even happened. That's a good point too. Down yeah, we'll down. get to that special yeah. teams, Patrick. Great point bringing that up. Uh, but that, what what I think, listen, the coverage bust was so bad. <laughs> it's actually tough to decipher what coverage mm-hmm. they're in. It's really yeah. bad. Yeah. I believe <laughs> I believe they're playing cover four. I believe they're pattern matching. They could be in man-to-man just across the board, but if they're in man-to-man, it, they have two linebackers dropping. They blitz one linebacker, so they blitz five. They got two linebackers dropping, and both of the corners are playing bail coverage, giving up the inside leverage. That doesn't say man-to-man to me. Right. That says zone, but they have pattern match zone, which means they end up being a matchup zone where they end up playing man. So once the twin side, where Quinston Johnson's on, those two guys declare, that mean they go upfield like 10 yards. Number two, inside receiver, one's a 10-yard out. And do you remember when Xavier Hutchinson ended up wide open for Iowa State? Yep. It's a very similar concept yep, yep, yep. where that, that second receiver, he goes so deep, he goes 10 yards, and then basically the corner, all right, the corner decides to let number one go, all right, because yep, he's yep, thinking, yep. no, I'm going to take this, this number two receiver who's coming into my zone yep. with this deep out. I'm going to take him. He lets him go, but it's not communicated to the safety because the safety's thinking, oh, this guy declared in my zone. I'm taking him too. Yep. So they both take the out. And then number one with Xavier Hutchinson, it was just a nine route, but this one it was a seven route. Ugh. Sorry, not sorry, it was a post route. Post route. Yeah. Uh, and then he ended up wide open, and that's 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 how I think it happened. So I think it was cover four pattern match, which Texas has had issues with all year long. Remember, also the Quentin Johnson, the first big play he gets early on in the first half. That was the same concept that K State got the touchdown on against Texas. Uh, Lincoln Riley and Garrett Riley is Lincoln Riley's little brother. Mm-hmm. He's the one to innovate. He called it a burst route, where basically it's a hitch route and then you burst to the slant. Um, so almost a double move, and that's exactly what Quinn Johnson did. Also a loophole in pattern match zone. So there you go. Those only two things. And then that that Kendra Miller uh, long run. You know Justin Tuck just uh, Justin Tuck, uh, <laughs> Diamante Tucker Dorsey. Yep. He just didn't fit their gap the correct way. Uh, they pulled that right guard, and I guess he's king the right guard because he goes. That right yep, guard yep, goes. Yep. He assumes the right guard is going to the play side, and I think he's tr- basically going to play the back side of the play side, the back side, the cutback lane. He doesn't realize that they kick out on that right side, that right tackle, and boom, once Kendra Miller sees that wide open a uh, hole, he hits it, and nobody catches him. Yeah, so, gone, put it in the wind. Yeah, that was disappointing really on the secondary to me. Yes, yeah. Tucker missed his uh, run fit, but, man, you can't let anybody run from, run off from your secondary like that. Nope. No. You can't. <laughs> not not, not you, like you got, that. Yeah, not like that. You gotta, no. you got ang- Y'all got angles. Y'all need to, yeah, man. You, there was you gotta show no closing at all. Yeah, he just pulled away. Woo. You got, yeah, you got to go catch him and, and live to fight another day. Yep. Because the way y'all playing defense, that's a good chance. You y'all might get field him turned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you blocked the field goal. And you blocked one already. Yeah. Getting back to that, uh, to Patrick's point, though, special teams, guys, just really quickly. It's, ba- it's basically it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Isn't that the quote from the <laughs> from the book? I mean, yeah. it, it it was it was it was great because you got a great kickoff return from Keelan Robinson. You got a blocked field goal that was clutch. Um, but you had to running into the kicker, which I thought could have been a rough in the kicker. And then you had the actual rough of the kicker, and which Patrick pointed out was devastating. Yeah, devastating. But. They want to roll the dice, Harge. I, I, I don't know why. I know we like to roll the dice on blocking kicks, and I like that. Why don't we ever roll the dice, especially since you already had the running into the kicker earlier, on like punt returns? Uh, Instead of like devoting resources to the block, 
we can bring we can devote resources to the return. I know. I, I <laughs> so agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, we there was an opportunity. There was one that was almost busted all the way with uh, that was on the kickoff return by Keelan Robinson. We know Xavier Worthy loves to not fair catch. He wants oh, to yeah, try yeah. to bring it back every single, every time. single time. So why not get a guy in front of him to protect him? to make sure that you get a chance to bring it back. I agree with you 100%. If you didn't get it on the first two and you you were close, you were close. to penalties, yeah. let's not go after, especially when your defense has done a great job again for getting everything set up for you. Yeah. They deserved a better result than what they got. This That defensive game plan reminded me, although it was a totally different team, of that time – that Oklahoma State played, and I think it was Sam's freshman year, mm. and he threw that interception at the end of the game. I remember when this. they played, an um, the defense played unbelievable against that offense that was putting up a ton of points. Mm-hmm. They were running over everybody. That defense deserved a better fate then, and they damn sure deserved a better fate last sat- on this past Saturday where it should have been a better result for them. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and it was uh, the offense. And Sark always talks about complimentary football, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, ironically, he, he did not <laughs> provide. Uh, his phase did not provide, I should say, uh, the compliment to the defense. or special, special teams to me was kind of a push. I don't know. I would agree with that. Really, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would like, agree with that. When all, when all is said and done, it's kind of a push defense. I mean, defense helped you out, man. They kept you. They actually scored points, scored more points than you did. But when it's all said and done, Harge, worst offensive performance since 2015 yep. for Texas. The 28 rushing yards is tied for the 18th on the list of worst single game rushing performances in Texas football history. Shout out to uh, Burnt Orange Nation. Got it from those guys. Worst <clears throat> rushing game for a Sark offense since 2013. When he was with the Washington Huskies, and the worst offensive performance by a Sark team uh, since a forty-one to three beat down to the LSU Tigers uh, back when he was with Washington too. Hell, that team. Yeah. That so it, it's either way you look at it. Uh, it's bad first uh, game without a touchdown for Texas since twenty sixteen. First game under two hundred total yards since twenty fifteen for Texas. And to me, hard the the L for Texas started before the game. <laughs> Sark did it again, man. Yeah, he did. He wore one of them crazy-ass suits. Man, listen. <clears throat> With the racing stripe on the <laughs> pants leg. and oh, the, the, Did you see this thing? Yeah, I, 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 to be honest with you, bro. Wow. And it's going to sound crazy. It's going to sound mean. Man. When I saw that, remember, I was doing my fashion deal. And you I are. had my live mm-hmm. on. And I was looking, and I was like, oh, I like that suit. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, uh, what the? What is that <laughs> on the side? Come on. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, we cannot do this. Again. Again. Because he did it for the Texas OU game, but at least in that game, we had a good first half. <laughs> so, yeah, he had a great script. He had a great, he had script. A great script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one right here. Oh, man. That oh, was, wow. my goodness, bro. That was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. First L. Uh uh. So two L's, uh-uh. oh, two L's, Texas Tech on that uh, that weekend. One of those was our head coach dressing oh, like whatever look, the hell that was. I don't look, know what that man, would you? Why can't you veto your wife sometimes and say, like, "Babe, just let's go a little bit more concerned." Frank it down. Lucas, 
Hey, I guess so. Yeah, Frank Lucas. Frank I, Lucas. I tweeted out, you know, like Frank Lucas in Amer- American Gangster. American Gangster. Which, by the way, we which was had, our theme one day. Yeah, for midweek movie music, right? Shout That's out for right. American Gangster. That's right. And the famous scene where he comes home from the fight. Now, actually, yep. he comes home from seeing Russell Crowe. Because I think his fight already happened. Yep. And Russell Crowe, like, lets him know, like, hey, man, now you're on our radar. Yep. And he, he's like, hey, nice, nice coat. I really like that coat you have. Yeah. And he goes home, grabs the coat out of the closet. And burns that chinchilla coat. Yo. And his wife, oh, she's so hurt. Because she bought it for him. She's yeah. like, baby, I bought that I for you. I love you. Yeah, I love you. And he's I think like, you look great no, in it. That damn coat, baby, is going to be our downfall. Sark, same thing with that suit. Take that suit. If you ain't burned it already, take tonight. Make sure L'Oreal sees you burn it. All right, you want her to see you burn it in the fireplace at the house. Burn it, and then you need her to watch you burn it. It's cold outside too. And be, and just you got a there. good reason, and then she'll know why. Yep. She'll know. She'll know why. Yep. She's seen it. She's seen it. <laughs> she's seen she'll it. let you see it. And from nine on, you can just we can just get a little conservative. You can still be fly. Yeah, and and not as you know. He's just so exotic with the look sometimes, yep. and it's just in your face. Yes, a little bit more discreet. With the style. I sent it to my mom. I sent Come that on, picture to man. my mom, and I said, Mom, you remember our couch that looked like this? Because we had a couch like this. We did. We did. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't the black part. It was more of the, the cream part of it. But oh. we had a couch that looked like that. I was like, what, what, that, I'm, I'm scarred. Yeah. I'm uh, scarred. I, I, I was scarred, too. But, Upholstery. Uh, I, if he'd have, if he'd have shown up with the great game, and I assume that's why it wasn't a big deal when he first did it. I was like, yep. oh, he uh, he may look like a clown, but watch him clown y'all with this script. Though. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Turns he out, said, put it on you. Yeah, exactly. Turns yeah. out, no, it was like that clown gif. It was like, Man. no, look, of uh, <laughs> of uh, the Joker looking yeah. in the mirror, yeah. putting on the makeup. Yeah. Like that's that's how all Lowood <laughs> fans felt. Like that's us yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about it, uh, Hart. Your thoughts on the offensive performance? We're gonna talk about this in Rosh round today, so we're just gonna keep this going. Right. So and you know, be next segment as well. We'll keep it going. Uh, what are your thoughts overall? Well, you know, what I was going to say in my, my Hard Knocks life was, you remember, you've been waiting all week. You've been sitting there. You've been looking at this girl from afar for a long time. Got, you got game day here. You got an opportunity mm-hmm. to slay the giant. It was like this girl that you've been waiting to go out with for a long time. She never give you play. She fine. <laughs> you looking at her, and you're like, man, if she ever told me yet, it's going to be on. <laughs> she finally tells you, yeah, college yeah. game day, TCU, you got all these recruits in here. Got it's it. like, I got my moment. She's like, all right, meet me at 630 for kickoff. <laughs> but I don't want you there for kickoff. I want you there to kick it off. Uh-huh. And you finally get that opportunity. Get that chance, baby. But you forgot to take your hymns. Oh. You forgot to take hymns. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you can't show up. You limp out there? You can't show out. You limp? You done. Mm. You're like, man. She's looking at you like, <laughs> I knew you was a simp. I knew I yeah. was not going to holler at you. I, 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 I was trying to give it to you. Tried to give you a chance. But you didn't take it. Mm-mm. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it to your partner. That's what they did. The college football playoff. Because uh, <laughs> I know he's going to be ready. I know he's going to bring it. Uh, I didn't heard about him. Mm. That's exactly what that situation was to me. The offense did not show up. You were getting boxed out by that defense for a long time. And then all of a sudden, she tooted it towards you. And you couldn't bring the pain. And uh, so you left. Sad. Sad. Disappointed. And, and frustrated. And all your friends are talking about you, dog. Mm-hmm. You did what? Yeah, man. I forgot to order my hymns. 
<laughs> I forgot to order my <laughs> or whatever Sark forgot to order. Uh, he he needs to make sure he gets on it because uh, that was, to me, I think it all started initially with Sark's failure and his mis- miscalculation yep. with the initial game plan and preparation. By the way, nothing wrong with that. That happens all the time where you just, hey, you know what? You had a bad uh, initial uh, projection and overall evaluation of that team all week. So you basically wasted a week of of, of preparation, a yep. week of game plan, a week of practice. But that's okay. Teams have done that before and still go out there and win games. I've been yep. a part of teams that do that. Um, that's the chess match within the game. So Sark's initial game plan, it was his initial game plan was he wanted to play bully ball. Yep. Uh, he, he believed that he could he could push TCU around. That's why they came out initially. Remember the guys, they came out in the 6-0 line package because they thought they could push uh, TCU around. They came out, ran Wildcat early on, ran 22 personnel, two back, two tight ends, ran two back sets. They came out in, what I said, power personnel packages, all right, and they wanted to use those to really impose their will, but also pivot to past principles. And with TCU for Texas, the what they ran into was they just, they were wrong. They were flat out wrong. Right, flat out run. They pushed TCU around. They were flat around. TCU played uh, tighter alignment, especially guys like uh, uh, Horton, the uh, defensive end for them. Played some tighter alignments. Um, they forced everything to the outside, and they did a great job of blitzing their linebackers on on rundowns, like basically run blitzing. Uh, you can call them shooting the gaps, but essentially they, they, they look like run blitzes to me. And they made it really tough on Texas offensive line to account for them coming from the second level to fill those gaps. And they basically were able to steal gaps with alignment and with you know shooting those linebackers or blitzing those linebackers on rundowns. And mm-hmm. it worked out really well for him. Like I said, they were able and I mean Cole Hudson, he had I mean he had trouble. They they targeted him. Yep. They they targeted that uh He had a tough one, man. Yeah, and it might have been your worst uh, worst game for your offensive line, period. Uh, but they targeted Cole Hudson, moved Dylan Horton into a tighter alignment. Um and I think that also kind of helped them dominate the line of scrimmage and reset it. So Sark initially lost the battle of game plan and preparation, which I said to myself, Harge. Holy Chicago, we're done. Right. Because like, right. this is a man who does not adjust well in game. He fails to win the chess match within the game often after winning the first half, and that's how they've lost some games here at Texas. So I knew when you couldn't win the, game, the battle of game plan and preparation, they were going to lose the game. But I will give him credit. He did make some adjustments. It just took him way too long, Harge. And, and your boy, who you've been screaming about all year long, more Jay Witt, more Jay Witt, where's Jay Witt? Put Jay Witt in the game and feature Jay Witt. He was perfect going up against TCU because they started, they started taking, basically losing the numbers yep. advance because they were stacking the box. And by the way, guys, the recipe to beat Texas is simple. We all know it now, right? Every Longhorn fan can repeat it verbatim. <laughs> yeah. You stack the box, sell out to stop the run, you double X-man on passing downs, uh, and you basically, you, you force Steve Sarkeesian, because he's going to take those deep shots all the time, um, you force Steve Sarkeesian to take the quick game and take the underneath in the small game because he won't do it. <laughs> it frustrates he's, him. He's Tyrone Biggums <laughs> yeah. uh, for the deep ball. Yeah. Oh, I want that deep ball, baby. I know I, can get it. I know I can get it. What I am I? I'm four fifteen. <laughs> but you need one more deep ball, baby. Uh, he he's feeding for him. He Jones and for it. He needs it. Uh, so that's how you stop Texas. You force Texas kind of to march length of the field, and and, the, and he doesn't have the patience really to be able to keep that going. But here's what's the adjustment, um, Harge. They went empty formation more. Yep. It worked out for him. He was 4-4 in empty formations. You had a 24-yard uh, reception uh, in the second half, 13-yard reception, 10-yard reception in the second half. Uh, you got three first downs out of those four empty formations in the second half. That was big for you. Yep. Um, and I think for Texas, you should have done more of that. You didn't do enough of it. 
If you found if they you were four four uh, on throwing the ball out of empty formation in the second half, obviously it was working. You should have been gratuitous with it, and you were not. Right. They went more three by one sets just to put uh, Jay Witt into the wide receiver screen game, which he had. I think eleven targets. Nine of them were in the second half. He had right. six receptions, and five of them came in the second half. Right. And I believe three of them were on those wide receiver screens, and he broke them. I mean, they were they, they were, were big, big plays. plays. Yes, they were explosive plays. Two, two 20-plus-yard plays. Yes. And he got out of there from him just breaking. And he's, he was better at the wide receiver screen because they tried to run it with X-Man. X-Man got tackled. Yeah. Cause, but Jay Witt, the running back in him, so he's like, ooh, ooh. And he's the, shifty, and, and, and they were there in, in position, the and got rid of him. Exactly. Like, yes. So if you're talking like, you figure out, oh, no, that's a good matchup for us. He he matches up well with these guys on the perimeter. And you were losing the numbers game inside because they were stacking the box, but you that means you could win the numbers game you outside. Can definitely Football's win Football's a numbers game. Yeah. If you're losing the numbers game somewhere, you're winning it somewhere else. You just got to find where you're winning it. If you're losing numbers game in the box because they're taking away the run, then dude, you could you could have used empty and put Bijan in the slot like you did for the Iowa State game. Run him down the seam. Hell, man, you could run the you ran you ran the ball out of empty formation with Rojo and got a five yard gain in Thank the first you. half. Thank you. You could do more of that. You know what I mean? Like there's there's stuff you could do. You just didn't do enough of it, and you found out how to adjust to their scheme way too late. So three by one sets was working. Your uh, empty formation was working. Um, Jay Witt bubble screen was working. Your RPOs because a lot of yep. those bubble screens were RPOs. Those were working. You played more twelve personnel because you only played three snaps of twelve personnel in the first half. True twelve, not the six zero line package. Yep. True yep. twelve, yep. and you 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 played I'd almost triple that amount in the second half. All those were adjustments. It just took you way too long to figure it out. You only got four quarters, Sark. You ain't got all game. You ain't got you ain't got all week to figure this thing right. out, man. You need to adjust quicker to what your opponent is doing. And that was a big thing coming into the season that I said, Arch, he doesn't anticipate a, a, the adjustments of opponents quick enough. Therefore, his counters are way too slow. Yeah, They're I've, way too slow. I've never, this season, I've never been more frustrated watching a game than I was this past weekend. That was That was probably the angriest. I was watching the game because I get it. We've been on the field. We know that things change and, and situations are a lot different. But that was the maddest I'd ever been. That was the maddest I'd ever been watching the game in a long time. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Because, I mean. It was so frustrating. Yeah, it, it was frustrating for me because I knew after that first half that Texas was going to lose the game. Yes. I just didn't know how. Right. But I knew, I knew with Sark, like I said, his big weakness is he doesn't adjust well. He doesn't. He's not a chess master to be able to win the chess match within the game. So if his script doesn't give him an advantage in the first quarter, in the first half, then there was no way I was gonna choose. You know, or I, I had belief or faith that Texas would adjust that well in the second Fair. half. Uh, I will keep this thing going, conversation going, of course, in Rod's round today. We'll talk Quinn Ewers. I know a lot of people want to get into it, and we'll hear from Sark as well. Talk about the, I think the word of the day is progression. Yep. Uh, <laughs> progression, progression, progression. We'll talk about progressions uh, on the other side. Before we progressive do- insurance. <laughs> For real. Uh, before we do that, let me tell you about Bud Light. Of course, it is Monday. A lot of you out there got a case of the Mondays, and the best way to get rid of the case of the Mondays is with a case of nice ice cold Bud Light. That's right, folks. So so uh, all you got to do is make sure your fridge is stocked with Bud Light. As a matter of fact, you got Monday night football tonight. Uh, make sure when you're enjoying your football, make sure you're enjoying it with the world's best and the world's favorite light beer. Football and Bud Light, that is a championship tag team. You don't get no better than that, folks. As a matter of fact, I was hanging out uh, at the field house uh, Monday night football. Sorry, for Sunday night football last night, watching the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, uh, drowning my sorrows as a quasi-Cowboys fan uh, after watching them lose in Bud, uh, with Bud Light. But, hey, folks, you can celebrate tomorrow with Bud Light. It's the beautiful thing about Bud Light, the perfect beer for 
for any occasion. Brewed right here in the heart of Texas since 1982 by Texans for Texans and proud of it. All right, we'll come right back. We'll get into Rod's round of the day. We're just talking Texas TCU. We're ranting all damn day, everybody. We'll come right back right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put on the horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the recipe to beat Texas. Which I mean, at this point, hell, it's like going to get a box of Duncan Hines <laughs> at the stove. I mean, it's just boom. Add some eggs, add a little milk, a little something. And the recipe to beat Texas is simple: stack the box, sell out to stop the run. And now I would add run blitz to that. If you're a T- like TCU did, run blitz from the second level because the offensive linemen, young offensive linemen, have a hard time being able to communicate, pass off some of that stuff. Um, also, if you can, run three high against Texas because Sark can't figure out the three high, three down defense. His teams now, the last two years, average 25 points per game versus the three high, three down. And I said before the season, he's got to figure that out because if not, the Big 12 is going to be his downfall because it's half the damn teams in the conference run the three high, three down now. It is the go-to defense in the Big 12. And honestly, if I didn't run it, if I was Kansas next week, I'd be like, guys, we're practicing a three-high, three-down just because it gives Texas too many problems and it's too easy. Also, double X man on passing downs. We all know that because Quinn loves to force the football to uh, x man and then force Quinn yours to beat you. Uh, that's the recipe to beat Texas. That it, and it's. I wish it was more complicated than that. It's not, guys. And – Quinn Ewers, let's talk about it. In the last three games, uh, he has essentially – I'll take the last four games, I guess. last four games, mm-hmm. he's completing less than 50% of his passes, four mm-hmm. interceptions, seven touchdowns, uh, and uh, around 229 passing yards per game. In the last three games, he has targeted uh, Xavier Worthy 36 times. Come only on, man. 12 receptions for 152 yards and three touchdowns. Xavier Worthy has has a 489 uh, percent reception uh, percentage, which is third worst among receivers in the FBS with at least 70 targets. That don't even make sense. And how about this? <laughs> Seven of the first eight throws were to X-Men. Yeah. N- nine of the 14 targets in the first half to X-Men. Like I said, the, the recipe is simple because Sark refuses to adapt. And the definition of insanity is what? <laughs> I'm trying to get a different yeah. result, but no. I want to do the same right. thing over and over and over again. And I'm mad that it's not changing. <laughs> it's like we're, we're living it. We're living three guys. Now he did adjust in the second half, and that's why Jay Witch gets some uh, gets some targets. Uh, JT Sanders getting some more targets out of empty. We talked about that, um, but there is definitely a fixation by Quinn on X Men. So we don't know if this is. Based on the the the, the route uh, combination, we don't know if it's based on the progression of the offensive play. We don't know if it's based on the matchup that week. But they going they going they gonna take their shots and they're gonna take them with uh, they're gonna target X Man on those shots. So here's Sark. Sark was asked about 
his progression based offense, a progression read offense. And if that's the reason that they take so many gratuitous, deep vertical <laughs> shots downfield, even when they don't seem to be very successful. Well, no, it's more progression. So we're a progression, so progression-based team, meaning um, go back to Bill Walsh, uh, the winning formula book. Uh, he talks about a progression-based offense, about how you have reads that take you through, uh, and that's how our offense is based on that. And so if a guy's the primary read and he has that matchup and we get the coverage we're looking for, that's where the ball goes. If that gets taken away, he goes to a second, third, fourth, fifth read in, in the progression. Sometimes it's a spot throw. Sometimes you have to defeat a man man-to-man. So predicated on the coverage depicts the style of throw that he'll get. Um, but in the end, it's, it's the combination of the two. It's the quarterback and the receiver, the tight end and the runner for that timing to be there that needs to be on point and that ball placement needs to be where it is and then ultimately making your play when the ball comes your way. So it's a combination of all those things adding up. Yeah, it's, that's a lot of, you know, kind of coach speak there. He does kind of he gives you kind of the basic Cliff Notes version of it. But what we really want to know is, is, is X-Man always the, the primary – like target, you can't tell the me first he's read? not. You is can't the, tell me is he's he the, not. Is he the first read in the progression most of the time? And if so, it, when he's doubled, is he still the first read in the progression? Does double coverage take you to the second read automatically? Does it take Quinn to the second read if he's double covered? Because everybody's just double covering him, and he stays still throwing. That that's my point. <laughs> that's why I'm asking the question myself. I'm like. Well, what are you saying? What does the progression mean? What, what takes you to the second what takes you read in the progression? What right, does it? If, right. if it ain't double coverage, then I don't know how to read defenses either because I assume double coverage took you to the next read. That, that's what or I was taught forever. Or safety over the time. It's like, oh, it's like well, if you recognize something like this, th- listen, it is frustrating as all get out because if that is the way that he's saying it and that is what we're led to believe, you started to play off, and this is something. You talked about it last week, Rod, with the script, right? Mm-hmm. We look at the script. They've been practicing it all week. This is what it's supposed to look like. But in the game, people are not the practice people. They watch film, too, and they made the adjustment. Made the, adjustment. the very first play of last week's game against K-State was a rollout pass to Jatavian Sanders. It was. You threw it in the triple coverage. So you don't – there's no read there. Yeah. You don't throw the ball there. So maybe Stark has what he calls a primary. Or That's some exactly call, some, what some, it's called. Uh, office they have, like, it's a primary. This play has a primary, and that's where you're going with exactly. the ball. Exactly. Yes, there's a lot involved, and yes, there is a progression, but there's a primary, and that's where you're going. That's your I, primary. Yeah. Throw and, it into three people because I want your guy to go up against three. I know. Yeah. And we, and we heard Sark earlier talk about the deep shots, and he's going to take his deep shots. Um, and I, I've said he it before. He got me taking shots. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, just, I told you guys uh, this in offseason, and it just it's remained true. He needs that deep shot to validate. And he's he's going. He, he basically is telling you he's not going to change. He said it in yep. the press conference. Like, he's not going to change. He is. He, you call it a fetish. I'll call it a, a fixation and call it an obsession. But it, I think that's a better one. Obsession is probably he is, he's a, best he wants, but it validates him. If he, I would say that if he doesn't get the deep shot, we should all be rooting for him to connect on it. Because when he doesn't get it, he's a different play caller. Yep. He's insecure. He's anxious. He's impatient, and he's gonna keep chasing it like Tyrone Biggins <laughs> chases that crack rock. <laughs> I need that deep ball, baby. Give me that deep ball, baby. And it's like, uh, Sark, they, they got they got three guys down there. No, I'm still, 
I need that deep out. I want to feel it. good. I need it. Ooh, it feels so good. I want to see. We got. We need a camera on him when they connect on a deep ball because I think it's orgasmic for him. I think it's an orgasmic experience, and he don't get the same uh, feel and the same pleasure yeah. out of just getting a nice intermediate completion no. for a first down. Very true. Uh, here's Sark talking about third down short passes because we've talked about you know why not get guys, and this is what he was really great at Alabama. Why not scheme guys into open space, kind of like we saw Mike McDaniels. We were talking about him earlier. This is a West Coast principle, by the way, so they can get yak yards to, you know what I mean, to get them the first down. Yeah, if it's third and eight, okay, uh, maybe we don't have to get past the sticks every time. Maybe we can scheme open space for a guy to catch a reception and then get some yak yards, maybe an easier completion for the quarterback. Here's what Sark had to say about that hypothesis. What's helpful on third down is when third when you play third and five, third and four, third and six, third and three football. That's when those crossing routes, those things can be you can apply them more. Uh, the frustrating night was it was third and seven plus I think eleven of the thirteen third downs that we had, and so that makes it difficult because what's going to happen is I'm going to throw those crossing routes to Jordan on third and 10 and he's going to get tackled for seven or eight yards. And then I'm going to come in here and you guys are going to ask me, why don't you throw the ball to the sticks or pass the sticks when we don't convert? So there's always a catch 22 there. Our job is to try to get first downs. We try to call the best things that we can put our players in position to, to have success on third down. Um, ideally we put ourselves in more favorable situations on third down, uh, to convert, um, I think without question, as many ways as we can be creative to, to try to get Bijan the ball and just get it in his hands, no question, no, no, no doubt about it. He's that type of player. Um, I think we're always trying to search for those things to, to try to make that happen. Yeah, um, okay. I, 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 that's his rationale is that, hey, man, it, the other way around, if I did throw it short of the sticks and try to create yak yards, then you guys would criticize that, which we probably would, to be fair. <laughs> but but <laughs> would, fair. We, would we criticize <laughs> if he tried something different if the first thing didn't work 20 to 30 times? Definition of insanity. I'm with you. And so that's – I'm like, I'm fine. We would criticize you if you only did that as well. <laughs> yeah, if you right. only did that and it didn't work, then we go, hey, man – Maybe change it up a little bit. Try something but new. you can't say, hey, man, you guys get mad if I tried two things in a game, wouldn't <laughs> right. you? Right. No. no. Try said, something else. Yeah. Like, you can't over and over and over and then go, it's not working, man. Try this and see if it works. And if it doesn't, after, after the game, we'll be like, man, you couldn't get anything to work, could you? Yeah. But when you go, you didn't try like 15, 10 things we know you can do. Be a problem solver. Solve the problem. <sighs> and unless you throw out solutions to the problem, you're never going to evade a solve. <laughs> yeah, and if you're that already new, defeating new. <laughs> yourself in your mind, if you go, well, man, if I don't if I don't throw for 78 yards every single play, yeah. then we lose every game. You're like, well, no, you can't think that way because you're not going to complete that many passes. You've got the healthiest version of Jordan Whittington that you will ever have. This is a guy that made so many sacrifices this year for this team and for his well-being. Mm-hmm. He talked about it from the very beginning of the year. Why in the world, who was your third down possession receiver that was getting first down? Last year, he was that guy. And now all of a sudden he's not even featured in your offense? That is crazy to me. And it is so frustrating, not just because it's Jay Witt and what he's done, because you have to find somebody else. They're taking away X-Men. They're taking... They are telling you. That's the word. They're telling you you're not going to beat us throwing with him, especially throwing deep. <clears throat> right. What did CJ Vogel uh, stats say that 
Nine uh, of 38. Nine of 38 throwing 20-plus yards downfield to X-Men. They're, they're taking it away, guys. It's not happening. Which is okay. Which is fine. That means somebody else is getting one-on-one coverage. <laughs> and I like my that, guy in space. And Jay Witt, one-on-one, I'll take it. I will take it every single time because yeah. you know what? He used to be a running back. Yeah, and, and this is the thing about Sark. And I know he's not going to bench uh, Quinn Ewers. That'll never happen. I know people want it, but it's, it's not going to. Ha- it's just not going to happen. He's not going to bench him. Um, then he needs to adjust his offense right now to where Quinn Ewers is. I think he is. He's based his offense around the ceiling of Quinn Ewers and. W- Sort of sit Quinn Ewers upside, which we all see. We're like, oh, oh man. my god, we're all in love with the Quinn Ewers we saw from the Bama game and the Oklahoma game. That's not Quinn right now, all right. And Quinn right now is just a a ton of great arm talent, but that's Beautiful not arm, arm exact arm talent is not arm arm talent is like being well endowed. Being well endowed is not a, 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 enough alone to make you a great lover. Right? There's a lot thrown in there. There's a lot thrown into the mix there that you got to mm-hmm. consider. It's multifactorial. And the same thing about being a great quarterback. There's a lot that, that goes into being a, quarter, being a great quarterback other than having a great arm. Yeah, you yep. got a hose, but that don't necessarily mean you're a great quarterback. That the footwork matters, uh, being able to read defenses, your IQ, your leadership, your poise, all those little things thrown in the mind. Man, Colt McCoy is still money. Yes. Still money. This dude is still money in the league. Fundamentally sound. Right? He's just sound, man. He's Put him fundamentally in right now. sound. Look better than Kyler Murray. He can make look. Cliff Kingsbury look good. He's <laughs> easy right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, if there's so much that goes into it. And Stark needs to know, okay, so Quinn, right now, he's not near his ceiling. Make it easier for him. You're making it hard for him. Yeah. You're making it hard for your quarterback, your young quarterback. Why are you making it so hard for him? Yeah. You do not have – like this. This is the biggest insult that I can give uh, Stark about his offense right now. You do not have a quarterback-friendly offense. Ooh. You do not have a quarterback-friendly offense. Your, your offense is not quarterback-friendly. You think it is. It's not. Mm. Your quarterback looks disheveled. He looks like he's feeling, he looks like he's about to cry. He, he, he does not look comfortable or confident. That means, you're, that means that your offense is not quarterback-friendly. And Lincoln Riley says if your offense ain't quarterback-friendly, you need to get a new offense. He almost had the quiver lip. He was. He's about to cry. He had to. He almost had to quiver left. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I appreciate the fact that he finally has said it. Quinn Ewers was asked today about his footwork and his fundamentals, and he said he said, "I've gotten lazy with it." At least he owned it. Thank you. But didn't, didn't he ask Sark about it? What did Sark he said, say? No, he's fine. He said, good. He's good. It's good. It's, it's good. good. It's good. Then your quarterback just said it's, it's not good. You're like, it's good. So that means he's he. That means right now, guys, he's not even giving us authenticity up there. Oh, it's and good. That's the problem. He's not giving authenticity that, up there. So I, I don't know if I can trust any of those answers yes. up there. He just he's giving us coach now. Beat. Yeah. All right. Sorry, we're over there, but good discussion, gentlemen. All right, we'll come back. We'll uh, probably be a quickie. We'll come in and out and get back to it in the six o'clock right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night, horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Uh, great conversation today. Great text as well. I like this text from Meyer. He says uh, <laughs> um, basically about Sark and his fixation, obsession. You call it a fetish, Harge, for the deep ball. Yep. He said, long ball gasm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's what yep. uh, Sark, he's got that. There ain't no doubt about it, man. He's all about uh, the deep ball. Chicks dig the long ball. But not as much as Steve Sarkeesian. Man. Uh, someone says we got to stop calling him Sark. Call him Steve. 
until he gets his stuff together. <laughs> we still gonna respect the coach, Steve. man. He's still well, the coach. Steve, man. Is, yeah. I'm just saying, Steve, this is his first name. It's not like it's disrespectful or anything. Yep. You know what I mean? Is he a Steven? Is he an actual like Steven on his birth certificate? <laughs> I don't know. You know I haven't gone that deep on Steven it. Then? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Steven Sarkeesian? I told you, my, my mom was the only one to call me Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, when you were playing, would you have done that to your coach, Rod? Uh, uh, nah, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved my coaches playing, but yep. I, I knew they faults though. Like, yeah. uh, coach Carl Boris had some bad game plans. Like, I knew bad game plan heading into a game. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I knew I was like, man, this is not a good game plan. I've been watching film. This yeah. is not a good game. I don't know why. Because uh, we would play a lot of man against tech. That's how we got beaten. Oh, two play too much man. You gotta play some zone against tech every now and then. Because yeah. there's so, so many crossing routes yeah, and other yeah. routes, and we would never do that. We just you know played a lot of man and man. It, Cliff Kingsbury and. Oh, they got us. And yeah. Wes Welker got us. That's did us dirty out there, man. On the planes. On the planes out there. <laughs> did us dirty, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, so I, I listen, Sark, he, having a bad game plan is no big deal, but he's got to do better at the in-game adjustments, which we'll talk more about, obviously, yeah. all week long. Uh, okay, uh, thanks for the text on the Specs text line. We'll come back. We'll get into Cowboys. Speaking of Fuster Clucks, we'll get into that on the other side. Uh, on the other side, right here. Oh, ball don't lie. Wonderful. In a lifetime kind of event that happened.